crossroads today. You know what? I want you to not just be watching or be a spectator. You are to participate. You are the church. You are the church. Maybe you're in your home. Maybe you are with some friends today. Wherever you're at in an office area, you are the church. You are to participate. We are worshiping together. The Holy Spirit has a word for you. The Holy Spirit is active in our lives. I am here to declare the church of Jesus Christ is alive. The church of Jesus Christ is well. The church of Jesus Christ is getting stronger in the earth. Come on. doesn't matter what the enemy has tried to do to kill, steal, and destroy, to separate. The, the church of Jesus Christ is getting stronger the voice of the holy spirit is being proclaimed being proclaimed over the airwaves being proclaimed in ways that has never been before it is being maximized it is being multiplied come on and you are part of that you are a part of that you are the church you are his people a church is not a building a church is the people of god and i want you to declare today lord burn in me holy spirit fire me up transform me see his presence changes us don't be sitting there being a spectator receive what the holy spirit has for you this day lord we put ourselves in a receiving mode we have listening ears to hear your voice we have a receptive heart to receive what you have to say to us and lord may the seed of your word go deep in us and bring greater transformation greater empowerment greater freedom greater intimacy with you lord we are in a new season we are in a new season of our spiritual walk there is a new season over this earth as far as yes. the church is concerned there's a new season and what the enemy has meant for evil the lord is using for good so we declare that in your precious name amen you know what the lord wants to move mountains right now but it takes your cooperation it takes you speaking to that mountain today and the Holy Spirit is, I don't know about where you're at, but I'm sure the Holy Spirit is thick over you saying, you know what? Those mountains do not need to stand before you in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. It talks about speaking to the mountain that, they, that it might be removed. And this is the thing. The Lord is saying, you're going to speak to that mountain today. Whatever it may be, you're going to speak to that mountain today. May your faith arise in what the word of the Lord is saying to you today. Speak to that mountain. You know, the Lord gave me a word yesterday for this morning. And it has to do with the spirit of fear. It has to do with actually fear in general. And this is what the phrase that he gave me. And I was a little bit surprised by it. And I said, okay, Lord, tell me where you're going with this. And this is what he says. Fear does not shut you down. It wakes you up. Oh, what? Fear does not shut you down, oh believer. It wakes you up. Now, the Lord made you. The Lord made your being, body, mind, soul, and spirit. And there is a natural sense of having fear. I mean, it's good 
that we have some fear so we don't jump off the top of the roof and or if we go up to the Empire State Building we don't jump up there is a a good thing about natural fear because it helps us to be discerning and wise and even spiritually it can help us be discerning however there's something called a spirit of fear a spirit of fear is something that controls you Spirit of fear is something that dictates to you. The spirit of fear is something that lords itself over you. And right now in our culture, and I think even maybe globally, there is a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of fear that's trying to grip the hearts of people, to grip the emotions of people, to grip the minds of people. And today that mountain, if you're struggling with fear, fear in any way that mountain is going to come down because the Lord has not authored you to have a spirit of fear second Timothy 1 7 says this I have not given to you a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind see the fact is this though I'm gonna I'm gonna expose the enemy's hand because the enemy wants to cause you to have fear to shrink back but the Lord says, you know what? When you have that feeling of fear, you're going to wake up. Okay. What are you going to wake up to? You're going to wake up to the trust that you have in God. You're going to wake up because the enemy wants you to be afraid of something because God wants to do something. So when that spirit of fear tries to come and captivate you, know that the enemy's just showing his hand. Courage is about to rise up in you when that spirit of fear when fear comes upon you know this oh believer oh you who have the holy spirit in you courage is about to rise in you this reminds me of a story story of gideon found in judges chapter 7 now gideon is called by god and god tells him Go against the Midianites. Go up against the Midianites. Let me get to Judges chapter 7 verse 10. Because before he goes into battle, he's, God has already shrunk down his army. And now before he goes into battle, he says this to Gideon. Judges 7 verse 10. But if you are afraid to go down, go with Pura, your servant, down to the camp, the enemy's camp. And you will hear what they say and afterward you will have the courage to go down to the camp so Gideon does what God asks him to do and he goes to the enemy's camp and he hides out and he listens to what the enemy is saying and the enemy is telling about a dream a dream that they conclude is about Gideon and the Israelite army defeating them so here Gideon gets a peek, gets a, a listen to what the enemy is fearing. See, because the truth is this, the enemy fears the people of God. The enemy fears those who have the Holy Spirit in him. And Judges chapter 7 verse 15 says this, when Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down in worship. Then he returned to the camp of Israel and said, to the army arise for the Lord has given the camp of Midian into our hands before it even happens he says you know what 
I was afraid of this, but I heard what the enemy thinks about us. And now I know that victory is in our hands. Let that feeling of fear, if you're struggling with that feeling of fear, listen, that's a, an emotion that humans have. It's an emotion that humans have. But do not let that feeling of fear dictate to you to be discouraged, to hide out. But know this, wake up, wake up and know that the enemy is trying to scare you off. He is trying to scare you off because you're the one with authority. You're the one that has victory. You're the one that has right to the domain that the enemy is trying to convince you he has rights to. See, the enemy is on your territory. You are not to be controlled by a spirit of fear. But you, it's okay for you to allow that emotion when you feel it to wake you up and say, Lord, what are you doing here? What are you doing? See, you're the one that has the title deed to the territory. You're the one that has the title deed to the victory. You know, it reminds me of a story a few years ago. Pastor David and I, we were purchasing a, a condo. And it was during the time of the economic turndown. And a lot of these places were owned by banks. And the banks were slow to respond. And we had all kinds of trouble with uh, getting our property, being able to dwell in our property. So we finally moved in because the bank that we uh, bought the property from had our money. We had signed our papers and so we said, you know what? We are not going to go have to rent something. We're not going to have to go and stay with somebody else. We have paid that this has been paid for. And we have agreed to what's been paid for. And we have signed the papers. And this belongs to us. So we moved in. We moved all of our stuff in. Well, one of the people who were part of this bank saw that we had moved in. And he was upset. He was upset. And he came to us. He had seen that our stuff was in the garage. He came to us. And he said, you're not supposed to be in here. You're not supposed to be. You need to get out of here. You need to move your stuff out of here. And I said, no because you got the money and we've signed the title for this this belongs to us and I'm telling you Jesus paid for you to have the victory now all you have to do is agree to it and it belongs to you and it doesn't matter what the enemy comes in and try, tries to get you to move back be afraid of me because I have a big bark I have a big growl I'm telling you that spirit of fear needs to go that spirit of fear is not to control you you know many of us have to shut our ears to what the world is saying. The world is not giving you a spirit of faith and trust in God. They have, are trying to cultivate in you a spirit of fear. And that spirit of fear can grow and be like a mountain to you. And the Lord says today, that mountain's coming down. Psalms 56 verse 3 says this. When I am afraid... See, it's, it's, it's admitting how I'm feeling. So it's not denial, people. Sometimes the church can get into, we deny this. No, it's admitting that my emotions feel a certain way. When I am afraid, see, but what we don't do is let our emotions lead us, remember? 
when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. See, that fear awakens us. I am going to trust you, Lord. I am not going to allow the domination of fear to come upon me or to control me or to steal my life, to steal my joy, steal my peace. Rather, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and therefore I am not afraid. See, when I identify that emotion, I am afraid, I have fear, then I say, I'm going to put my trust in you, Lord. My response to my fear is I'm going to put my trust into you, Lord. This is what Psalms 56, 3, verse 3 and 4 says. And in God I trust and am not afraid. See, the enemy to fear is trust. You want to battle fear? Trust. Trust him. He is good. He's a God of love. You can trust him. Psalms 44, 6 and 7 says this. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. A lot of times fear causes us to start to be self-reliant. Protect self. But the fact is this. Your ability, your resources come to an end. And actually the enemy wants you to depend on those things so you don't put your trust in the Lord. But see, the Lord's ability... The Lord's resources never come to an end. They go on and on and on and on. And they're passed to the next generation over and over. And his resources are always available. Are always in in many abundance. His resources are not. uh, There's not limited. It's unlimited. See, the Lord is saying, speak to that mountain of fear. Because there is a very uh, cultivated environment over this earth. And especially because I live in the United States, I can speak for the U.S. A cultivated spirit of fear. And the Lord says, the enemy to the spirit of fear is trust. You are to trust me. I am with you. I am good. I am love. I am your victorious one. Can you hear what the enemy is saying? The enemy is saying, you know what? I fear the believer. That's what the enemy is saying. I fear the believer. I fear the believer. He fears us because we know the truth. The truth is this. We have the authority because he paid the price and we have the title deed. He paid the price and then he said, get the title deed. That's the agreement. The agreement with the price. He paid for it. We don't have to walk in fear. You don't need to have a spirit of fear. You don't need to have a spirit of fear over this coronavirus. You do not need to have a spirit of fear over death. You do not need to have a spirit of fear over, over getting sick. You do not have to have a spirit of fear over the financial things that are going around. You Come on, some Christians. You don't need to have a spirit of fear of the government closing down the church. Come on. Come on. You got to know that God is greater than that. Come on. Come on. 
Where's your trust in the Lord? He's on the advance. He is not on the retreat. That spirit of fear causes us to act in ways that are self-sufficiency rather than God-sufficiency. Come on, let us identify that spirit of fear and say, you're coming down. You're coming down today. That mountain is coming down today. I will not walk in the spirit of fear. Not in a spirit of fear over my children. Not in a spirit of fear over my family. Not in a spirit of fear over my health. Not in a spirit of fear over my finances. I will not walk in the spirit of fear. I will walk in trust. I will walk in abundant life. I will walk in joy. I will walk in expectation. My God is good. He is good all the time. He is good when I rise. He is good when I sleep he's good he's good he's good he's good Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this fear not for I am with you fear not for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I have you. I've got you. Trust in me. Do not let the spirit of fear erode you. Steal from you. Bring some sort of death into your home. Do not allow that spirit of fear, for I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, a mind of peace. Now, you may have some emotions you might have to identify. And let me tell you, emotions are not evil. Emotions are not bad. But those emotions need to get in line with the spirit of faith and the one you can trust. Come on, Jesus. You love your people. He's saying, I love you, and I am with you. Don't you dare be dismayed. Come on, break off that stuff in your home. Some of you over the last few weeks have cultivated a spirit of fear. You've, you've been a, a, a listener to the spirit of fear, and it is, in many of people, it is uh, encompassing them. It is, it is uh, owning them. And the Lord says, break it off. Break it off. Break it off. Break it off. The enemy wants to use that to captivate your mind, to captivate your emotions, to captivate what you do, what you say. You're going to speak life today. You're going to speak life today. Come on, worship team. Let's get ready. We're going to speak to that mountain. We're going to speak to that mountain of fear. Right now, we're not going to allow that porthole that's been opened through through this, this disease and through this pandemic. We're not going to allow this porthole that has been opened through the enemies uh, trying to kill, steal, and destroy. It's not going to affect the believer. It's not going to affect. We listen to the enemy's camp. You know what? The enemy is afraid of you. He's afraid of you. We're going to speak to that right now. You may be afraid of some things. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a whole different type of arena right now. Maybe it's a whole type of subject. Maybe it's something like fearful for your children or your teenagers or the future. Whatever it may be, the Lord says, I want you to identify that. Because what I'm telling you today is I am with you. Fear not. Just like what the Lord said to Gideon and reveals that that spirit of fear should alert you to the fact that the enemy is the one that's scared of you. 
the enemy is scared of you. And when Gideon gets that into his spirit, when he gets that into his spirit, he goes back to the people and he says, Arise, for the Lord has given Midian into our hand. I'm going to tell you, when you get that into your spirit, that it's the enemy that's scared of you, break off that spirit of fear right now. We speak to that mountain right now. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. There is life and death in your tongue, and you have maybe cultivated some death by what you've agreed to. You've listened to things, and you've agreed to those things, and that has cultivated a spirit of fear over you. And you have said, why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel gloomy? The Lord says, because that spirit of fear has been harbored. Because you've had agreement. And now you break off that agreement right now. And in its place, say, trust me, Lord. The Lord says, trust me. Trust me. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We're in your hand. You're with us. You've given us authority. You have given us power. We don't have thoughts like the world. Our mind is not like the world. We have the mind of Christ. Lord, give me your mind right now. Right now, speak to that mountain. Speak to that mountain, whatever it may be. Identify it. Sometimes we suppress. Identify what it is. What am I fearing right now? What's trying to, to capture me? capture my mind, capture my emotions, and therefore even capture my words and capture my actions. Identify it. Because the Lord says, I have given you victory. I am with you. I have given you victory. Lord, we surrender those things. And Lord, we do it daily. Because I know the battles can come daily and new things can come against us daily. And we can be surprised or taken off guard of what comes against us but Lord you said you know what I am with you fear not I am with you be not dismayed I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand you are our God you paid the price for us to have power and authority right now Right now in this season, right now in these circumstances, we are to walk in power and authority. And that's found in the surrender to you. Trust in you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word in your name. Amen. May you apply that word to your life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come on. Every day, not just in the the time on Sunday, but apply it. Apply it. You know what? I want to thank you for joining us today. Crossroads is alive and well. Good things are going on. It may be a little different, but God is moving. The Holy Spirit is speaking. God is building muscle Christians through this body, within this body, and even globally. God is building muscle Christians. So if you don't get our e-newsletter, even if you listen regularly since we've been online and you want to get our e-newsletter, you can also get it as well. 
You need to let Pastor David know. Leave a, a note on the live stream that you would like to get it so that you know what's going on at Crossroads. It's totally fine for you to get it. We would love for you to be a part of what we do, even if you can't always be here physically, to be a part. You know, at Crossroads also has Wednesday night things going on. Our Crossroads Connect is going on. Sandy, Pastor Sandy sending out her children's kids' ministries. A video and teaching is very powerful. I would, I would encourage you to share it with people. Even those who don't go to church regularly, what an opportunity for the word to get into the lives of families and to have spiritual development, not just for children, but even for parents and older brothers and sisters. And, and Randy and Rhonda Chandler, they do the men's and women's ministries. They're online on Wednesday night through our e-newsletter. You can contact them and they'll let you know how to log into that. Pastor David does a daily devotional. The only day he doesn't do it is on Sunday because you're supposed to be listening here. But he posts it. He'll email it to you. You can get fed every day. I do a, a prophetic type of teaching, a challenge for you. It's seven minutes long. It's a video, prophetic word every day, every morning. I wake up and I go sit in my car, have a time with the Lord. I do have a cup of coffee. That's the only thing I have before I go. And, you know, I send that out. It's on YouTube. It's called Fill to the Brim. I would encourage you to share those words, especially words that you say, wow, that was really powerful to me. You know what? That means share it. Share it. Share it with friends. Share it with colleagues. Share it with people in the nations. Just share. Let the word of God cover the earth, okay? I want to encourage you to do that. You can listen to the sermons online through our e-newsletter. You can find the podcasts to listen to the different sermons. Share those too. Listen, we are ramping and ready and getting ready to gather again physically, whatever the dynamics may be. We're getting ready for that. And I want you to know that our retreats are scheduled for the fall. We have not canceled. We believe God is going to open up the doors. It may look a little... We may have to, you know, have some dynamics that are a little bit different, but we know that those retreats are going to happen. We have men's, women's, and Holy Spirit retreats. So mark your calendars, plan on attending in some form those retreats. We have a missionary partner of the week every week, and this week it is Henry and Ivana Smith. They are missionaries to Ecuador, and they have a church down there that they've planted in more of the poor parts of Ecuador, and they are raising up the next generation. Listen, we want to raise up the next generation. God's blessing, God's favor goes to the next generation. So we are to be raising up the next generation, and that's what Henry and Ivana Smith are doing in Ecuador, is raising up the next generation for Jesus. Listen, the Holy Spirit's moving. The Holy Spirit's moving. And we're coming out of, when we come out of this and when we emerge out of this, we're going to be stronger. We're going to be closer to the Lord. We're going to be deeper in the Lord. We're going to be more rooted and grounded. The enemy's, the enemy's scared of you. He's scared of you. We're listening to the camp. He don't want us to emerge. He's scared of us. But you know what? Don't allow your spiritual muscles to be atrophied. You know what I mean? It's time to be building those muscles because you're going to break out of that house that you're in and you're going to be even stronger. And you know what? We're not going back to nothing. We're going forward. Yes. You're, we're not going somewhere. Well, when will we get back to this? You know what? We're not going. I'm going to tell you, we're not going back to anything. We're going forward 
and what the Lord has because he's changed us as a result of this. Who has changed us? Not the world, not the politics, not the enemy. The Lord has changed us as a result of this. So I want to encourage you. It's time to give our tithes and offerings to the Lord. I'm going to pray over them. Thank you for faithfully giving the house. This house is sustaining a strength financially because you are faithful but let, I want to let you know God is faithful to you and those of you that sow generously you shall reap generously he will protect you during this time okay so I just want to encourage you to continue to be faithful to the Lord let's pray Lord we give to you our our finances our resources, our tithe, our offering, being faithful to you. Some of us, we are flourishing financially in this time. Some of us, we may have had cutbacks in this time. But Lord, you're the Lord of all. And you have given your promise to all. And you will be faithful to all. You are a miracle working God. You are a God that says you shall bear abundant fruit. May we stay in alignment with you and your word. In your precious name, amen. God bless you. Pastor David, come on up. Good morning. There you go. I always forget to turn my mic on. I'm usually loud enough to begin with. Hey, we are so excited you're with us this morning. Uh, you know, I took a picture from the back of the sanctuary this morning and took it to, from the back to the front. And it was like the only people that were here were our worship team, which we thank you guys and gals for providing worship for us. You know, even though we may be separated by uh, space and, and distance, we're still one in the body of Christ. Amen. And we're excited about that. We are in the midst of a series and we are, I want to just say something, we are not stopping doing what God's called us to do. We are still partnering with people around the world, we're still partnering with ministries in the area, we're doing what God has called us to do, and we're going to be faithful to continue to serve God and do what He's called us to do despite this. And I, I think one of the things that God is doing to the church, He's making us lean and mean. He's getting rid of some of the fluff and some of the things that were like superficial that didn't cause us to go deep. And we're going to go deep. I don't know about you, and if you're not from this area or you're watching us online, I don't know what your church does, but Crossroads, we're about making muscle Christians. Yeah. We're about making men and women who could stand on their own two feet and do battle with the power of the Holy Spirit to be overcomers through the Word of God and the power of their testimony. And we believe that. We believe God is raising up strong men and women from our children Pastor Sandy's doing a stellar job about training our young men and women, future warriors for the kingdom of God. And Brian and Rebecca, or, or, or Brian, uh, Nick and Rebecca are doing a marvelous job working with our youth, and they do great things for them. And Randy and Rhonda are doing great things with our men and women. We are about training you in the weapons of your warfare. And the weapons that we fight with are not fleshly. They are spiritual for tearing down strongholds. And the only way you could do that is if you're empowered with his word, you're empowered with the power and the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. So that's what we're about. And, and I want to talk to you this morning about, we're going through a series called The Names of God. And this morning we're looking at the name El Emet. It is the God who is the God of truth. You see, we, we live in a culture 
And it, it doesn't matter. We have people watching. I've been watching who's online. We have people watching from India and Nepal and, and Bremert, uh, Bellingham, Washington and, and uh, the Central Valley and all over California. But we believe that God is raising up strong men and women who are going to be people who can rightly divide the word of truth. That you can be men and women who are committed to the teachings of Scripture and that teaching will empower you to walk with authority. So when we're talking about truth, the question has been for centuries, what is truth? You know, we, we talk, and if you, you watch any of the media, you know, we're in this whole global pandemic, and if you have six experts in the room, you get seven opinions. The, there is seven things they'll tell you about what is true about it. You can catch it this way. You can catch it that way. You can't do it that way. You should wear a mask. You shouldn't wear a mask. There's, there's herd, uh, herd uh, uh, what do you call it, the... Immunity, thank you. Uh, there's herd immunity and there isn't herd immunity. And we're, we're keeping the healthy people indoors and letting the sick people go outside. And we're keeping the sick people inside and the healthy people outside. It's just, there is such a spattering of opinions on what we should be doing. And I thank God that we serve a God of truth. You know, when we talk about truth, you could talk about truth in religion, you could talk about it in politics, you could talk about it in the media, you could talk about it in education, you could talk about it in, in personal relationships. But many people have the sarcastic attitude that, that Pilate had where when he was interviewing Jesus in John chapter 18, he says, well, what is truth? You know, if you're, you're on a college campus, truth for one person can be truth for someone else. If you're in a relationship and you're, you're not faithful to that relationship, your truth may not be the truth that the other person wants to hear or what you should be doing. And when we're looking at it, there's all these different aspects of truth. There's, we have situational ethics. We have, we have, uh, we have uh, 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 relative truth. We have all these things that people are saying uh, are true. But I want to challenge us as men and women of faith, as people who have a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we want to talk about what is truth, and we want to talk about El Emet, the God who is the God of truth. You see, because in a world where everything changes, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when Pluto used to be a planet. How many of you remember that? You know, Pluto used to be a planet, but the truth is it isn't anymore. We keep changing. I remember when they told you you should eat margarine. Then you, you see it was first butter, then it was margarine, now it's back to butter. So the truth is changing all the time. You know, should you eat carbs or should you not eat carbs? Should you eat fat or should you not eat fat? Should you eat this or should... It's, everything changes. But there is one consistent in the universe. And his name is Jehovah. His name is El Emet. He is the God who never changes. So this morning I want to take, take you on a little journey through Scripture and look at the name El Emet. If you have your Bibles, you could turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3 and 4, there's the passage that refers to this name of God. It's actually found throughout the scripture. But in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3 and 4, it says this, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Praise the greatness of our God. You see, we should be people who don't mind praise. We should be people who don't mind celebrating the name of Jesus. You know, last night, uh, I, I usually stay up really late. My wife goes to bed early. I, I stay up late. I was listening to the, 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 uh, the blessing, the song, The Blessing, 
And uh, there's a Hawaiian version. You should, you should Google it. It's really good. Uh, and I found a Zimbabwe version of it. And I, I actually typed up a note and sent it to them saying, I, can't, I love this rendition, and I cannot wait to worship with you the name of Jesus. And I don't care if you're singing it in, in the Polynesian Islands, or if you're singing it in the African con- subcontinent, or if you're singing in the U.S., or you're singing in the, in the Himalayas. I don't care where you're singing it. We are called to be people who praise God. Because praise breaks forth something in us and changes the atmosphere around us to understand who is in charge. And it's not the enemy, it's not a virus, it's not the medical community, it's not professionals that keep changing their tune. It is the God who spoke things into existence. And it says, as you continue to read that is in, in verse 3, it says, And praise the greatness of our God. He is a rock. His works are perfect. And in all his ways, just, a faithful God. Actually, the literal word there that's used there is el emet. If you go back to the Hebrew, it's el emet. And he, one who does no wrong, upright and just is he. You see, God is, 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 uh, is a God who is truthful. He is always truthful. He may tell you things about yourself you don't want to hear. But it's the truth. And it's spoken in love to you. And one of the things that God wants to do is he wants to break off of his sons and daughters the ability to listen to double talk, to listen to half-truths, to listen to relative truth or situational ethics about things, and listen to the true truth of what his word says. You know, there is a truth that you need to hear that's going to set you free. The word declares to us, you shall hear the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you're living in some sort of bondage about your life, if you're living in some sort of oppressive relationship, you're not living in the truth of who God created you to be. You need to walk in the liberty and truth. So who is this El Emet? He is the God who keeps you on the right path. He'll tell you the truthful things you should do. He'll give you discernment and understanding on how you should walk. He is the one that will lead you and guide you if you allow him to. He's never going to force himself on you. He's not going to be an oppressive God. He'll tell you, this is the way. Walk in it. Submit yourself to the Lord. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He'll tell you how to walk that relationship. He is the God who not only does that, but I love this. He is the God who rescues us from traps and delusion. Do you hear that? You know, that when there's, there's 50 million voices out there, all you have to do is say, Lord, speak to me. Lead me and guide me. Scripture says if you lack wisdom, ask of God. So if you're, you're confused about something or you're hearing things, you're not sure what is truth, just say, Elamet, speak to me. And he will. He is also the God that I love this. And we sang a song about this. He is our refuge and our protector. He is the lion that fights our battles. I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm a Penn Stater, so I love lions. I love nitty lions, you know. Yeah, Alabama back there is booing me, but I love lions. I love big cats. I'm not a real fan of, of kitty cats, but I love like mountain lions and cougars and, and all of the big animals. You know, when we were in India, we went on a safari and we heard a, a Bengali tiger growl and it felt like someone was just beating your chest like a drum. You see, there's something powerful about the roar of a lion. And the, the, the El Emet God is the God who is truthfully on your side, defending you and protecting you. So how do, how do I know who this element is? Well, Pastor Sandy, I don't know if you teach the kids this song, but uh, you know, there's a song in children's church that I remembered when I was younger. It says, for the Bible tells me so. 
you know? And the Bible tells us very powerful things about who our God is. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 31, verse 3, 4, and 5. Psalms 31, verse 3, 4, and 5. This is a really strong imagery of the dependability of our God. El Emet is a God who is truthful and he's dependable. Look what it says. Since you are my rock and my fortress. It's interesting that both Deuteronomy 32 and Psalm 31, both talking about El Emet, use the imagery of a rock. The, the, a rock is a solid thing. It's not something that's easily movable. A rock is something you can build upon. And he says here, you are my rock and my fortress. For, this, for your sake of your name, lead and guide me. Love that. Lead and guide me. And then in verse 4 he says, keep me free from the trap that is set for me. Do you know God wants to keep you set free from a trap? There are people that want to ensnare you with deceptions and lies and half-truths. And the Word of God says that the Spirit of the living God, the El Emet God that wants to serve and walk with you, wants to guide you and direct you into all truth. And he says this, I love this, he says, For you are my refuge, and into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, O Lord, my faithful God. You see, he is a faithful, El Emet is faithful to you. This is amazing about God. Even when you and I aren't faithful, he's faithful. You know that? We wander off the path. We stray from what we should do. And God is always faithful. And actually, the word that is used, emet, is a Hebrew word that is a, a powerful, powerful truth behind it. It literally means trueness or firmness or faithfulness. You see, part of the, the truth of who God is, is he's a firm foundation. That's why they use the imagery of a rock. Because a rock is not some small little thing that is just blown away. You know, we go for, my wife and I, since this whole shelter in place began, we've walked, I, she's walked every day. I've walked every day but two days. Uh, but we've walked every day, and we walk by homes that have large rocks out in front of them. And they're things that are immovable. The, the, the weather of life can storm against them, and they're not going to move. That's who God is to us. And he says, not only is he, is he talking about this trustworthiness and this dependability of him, but it, it says that he's a fortress. What is a fortress? A fortress is a, a building made of large rocks that keeps you safe. So he not only is a rock that you can hide behind, but he is a fortress that is built around us. Surround me, O oh God. You know? I love the song we sing about walking into the cloud like Moses did. You know, and I think of the cloud being something that, you know, you walk into and it surrounds you. And although it may be vapor, it is, there is a powerful force that keeps you safe as you're surrounded by the cloud of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that God wants to do is he wants you to know he is faithful. That's one of the qualities and characteristics of El Emet. He will always be faithful to you. He will always be that rock. That's why the psalmist in Psalm 31 verse 5 says that you are a solid image that I could put my trust in. You're steadfast. You're always faithful to me. Amen? You know, speaking of amen, that's kind of a cool transition because Emet is the derivation of where we get the word amen. Both in the Hebrew and in the Greek language, it's, it stems from the, uh, the, the original word that's used here, and it carries a similar meaning to it. And actually, if you look into the New Testament, what is one of the names of Jesus? Jesus is referred to as the amen himself. 
right? If you have your Bibles, turn with me all the way to the end of your Bible. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, here's an interesting thing. The apostle John is writing to the church of Laodicea. And he writes to them, and he says in, in Revelations 3.14, he says, These things say the amen. Who's he referring to? Jesus Christ. He says, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So before creation was, Jesus was. Amen? amen. He is not only there, but he was the amen. But if you turn later in the book of Revelation to the Revelation chapter 19, the same author, John, is writing, and he says these words. He changes the title of Jesus. Listen. He says, And I saw heaven standing open there before me, and was a great white horse whose rider was called Faithful and True. I'm wondering if John was referring back to his understanding of El Emet, because in the first one, he, he talks about him being the Amen, but in the second reference, he talks about him being the true God. You see, he understood the concept of who God was. He was a solid rock you could build upon. He was the faithful God. He never changes. He is always the same. He's always consistent. He always is there for us. And one of the things that you and I need to grasp and hold on, especially during a time where we don't know what's going around. You know, we don't, some of the things I, I hear all these different stories. I was talking to someone last night and we were talking and we were modified social distancing uh, because uh, the pastoral staff, just in preparation, just so you know, in preparation for us to hold church in our building again, we're all being tested. And I think everyone that's been tested so far came back negative. We're negative of COVID-19. None of us have had it and we're all safe. So we're, we're, we're social distancing about, about five and a half feet right now. We're hoping to get down to about four feet, maybe three feet, and then two feet. And then, you know, we'll be all be back to normal. But one of the things that is interesting about, about distancing yourself is that you, you, when you're distant from God, you don't understand him. But when you get close to him, you understand who he is. And what God wants to do is he wants us to understand there's a nature and character of him. As we get close and we talk about it, he reveals truth to us. You know, and sometimes truth is hard to hear. You know, have you ever had someone tell you something truthful about yourself that you didn't know? Like, you really need breath mints. You know, no one likes to hear that, right? But I have, a, I have a box of breath mints over here, right? Why? Because the last thing you want to do is quench the Holy Spirit with halitosis. You want to be flowing in the Spirit. You want to be flowing with what God has. And God wants you to be truthful about yourself, but he also wants you to understand the truth of who he is. Because he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And the interesting thing, when you look at it, is you look at the, the different uh, aspects of the triune nature of God. If you look at God the Father, he's referred to as Element. If you look at Jesus, he's referred to as Element. If you look at the Holy Spirit, he's, he's referred to as Element. Look at just at the way that the Scripture describes the, the triune nature of who our God is. So let's look at the Father. Let's look at the Scriptures that talk about the Father. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27, uh, last time I preached, I preached on this uh, message two weeks ago. If you look up the video or YouTube it or FaceTime it, uh, you'll see the, the message that we, I preached two weeks ago. It was a fascinating scripture that used the name of God twice, okay? Look what Deuteronomy 33, 27 says. The eternal God is your refuge. Talking about a, a shelter for us, okay? And underneath are the everlasting arms. And he will drive out the enemies before you, saying, destroy them. And he uses the name El uh, Kadem, which is the eternal God. And he also uses the name El Olam, which is the everlasting God. 
You know, I didn't realize, but uh, my wife and I, we live in Gilroy, California. And if you get on Route 152 going west out of Gilroy, you'll pass Olam Seasonings. And I'm wondering if someone in that business doesn't have a Jewish background that realizes that everlasting seasoning is what you want. It's, an, it's named at it. So every time I drive past it now, it was funny because I've driven by there dozens of times and I never noticed it. And on Monday after service, we took a drive and we drove past. I'm like, honey, honey, look, look, everlasting spices right there. It's named it, you know, it's that constant reminder. But look at this morning. I want to take you to another passage of scripture that is fascinating because in Jeremiah 10.10, in the first section of that passage, it talks to us not about two names of God, but three different names of God. One of them is El Elam. Look what it says, Jeremiah 10.10. But the Lord is the true God, El Emet. He is the living God, El Kayem. And he's the everlasting God, El Olam. You see, there is a quality when you understand the names of God, you understand the character of God. And, and one of the things that El Emet wants us to understand this morning is that he is always there on our side. And he has named that because that's a quality and characteristic of him that never changes. He is the truthful God who was always, always, always be consistent to you. Another passage, if you look into the New Testament, in the book of John, in chapter 15, verse 26, it says, and I love this, and when the advocate comes, referring to the Holy Spirit, whom I will send you from the Father, and he says, then the Spirit of truth. You see, the Father has the Spirit of truth in him. He has the El Emet. He is the one who is always truthful to us. And when he goes to the Father, he'll do what? He'll testify about us. So the, the very nature of who God is, is a truthful nature. If you look at the New Testament, uh, uh, the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ in John chapter 14, verse uh, 6 and 7 is a passage most of us know, especially verse 6. You may not be able to quote the reference, but you know the text. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus takes on the title of truth. He takes on the title of the truthful one. The characteristic and quality of El Emet is, is, is who Jesus Christ is. And, and one of the things that's amazing about this, he goes in and he basically says, listen to this, in verse uh, 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. Why? From now on you will know him and you will have seen him. Because Jesus Christ and God the Father are one. They're the same deity they're the same god they're they're just different aspects of who god is different parts of the triune nature of who he is if you, you turn over to first john first john chapter 5 verse 20 is a passage of scripture that says this and we know also that the son of god has come and has given us understanding you see part of truth is learning to understand what god wants you to do Part of the, the message of Jesus Christ was to let us to understand what God's plan and purpose for us was. You know, it's always interesting when you talk to people that aren't people of faith, and they talk to you and they give you their theology. Yeah. Well, God's not a good God, blah, 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 blah. And they tell you how bad God is and how God just condemns people. I don't know about you, but John 3.16 and John 3.17, I don't have it. Uh, the notes for, uh, that I sent to our uh, uh, team to post but John 3.16 and John 3.17 says God never came to condemn the world. He says God came to love the world. See, I don't know what God you serve, but I serve a God of love. 
I served a, a God that saw me in the midst of my sin and said, you know what? I'm going to block out all that sin. I'm going to speak the truth to you. You're going to come to faith. You're going to be radically transformed, and you're going to be a person that preaches the gospel around the world. You know why? Because there's a calling on my life just like there's a calling on your life. And one of the things that Jesus wants you to do is he wants you to understand the calling upon your life. It's not just to do the job you do. There is something greater that God wants to do. God has placed you into the place where you work so you can be an ambassador for him. You know, not everyone's called a pastor. If they did, we would have all of these empty churches and all these people just being the pastors. Our role, my role as a pastor is this, to equip you for the work of the ministry where God's placed you. God has not placed all of us to be in uh, one similar gift. He's given us a diversity of gifts so that the message of the gospel, be, gospel, gospel, the message of the gospel can be spread out. Okay, that's the understanding that Jesus brings to us. And not only that, it's amazing as you read that. Look what he says as you continue to read in First John chapter five, verse twenty, so that you may know Him who is true so that you may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. God wants you to walk in the discernment and the understanding of who he is and also who you are in him. Do you hear me? God wants you to know who you are in him. Because when you know who you are in Christ, that makes you a strong believer. That makes you committed to the things of Christ. That doesn't allow when the winds come to to knock you over. He gives you a rooted foundation upon the rock. And the rock never shifts. You may shift, but the rock is solid. And God wants you to know that. And Jesus, if you, 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 you go back to this, this is a powerful statement of who Jesus Christ is. But let's also look at the role of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit also is a spirit of truth. Look at John 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. Listen to this. God's desire is to help you. Do you realize that? He wants you to have wisdom and knowledge and understanding of how you should live your life and how you should walk out your life. And he says this, and he will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. That's one of the things I love about being a spirit-filled believer. Not only do I have a prayer language that hardwires me into heaven so I could pray in my, my, my heavenly language, I could pray in the spirit and have a direct relationship with God in that, that powerful connection, but also there's the, the truth is that the, the spirit of God is going to be with me wherever I go. Yeah. You know? During this shelter in place, my wife needs time alone. She needs space. I've been out in my garage making birdhouses for people. I, I don't know how many I've made. I just brought one today for one of the worship team. You know, I brought one last week for one of the worship team. You know, all the birds in our neighborhood are, are having urban renewal, you know. But I, I go out in the garage, and my wife likes it because she needs time alone, you know. But I'm, I'll tell you something. The Holy Spirit's never going to leave you alone. When I'm out in my garage doing, working on my little birdhouses and putzing around and doing all the stuff I do, I'm praying, I'm singing in the spirit, I have he- uh, headphones on if I'm using my saws, and I'm worshiping. The neighbor across the street's always laughing at me because I'm singing really loud, even when my table saw's running, you know? Because I want to cultivate an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit in everything I do. When, I, when I'm walking around, I'm thinking about the things of the Spirit. I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm reflecting on the goodness of God. Why? Because I want to cultivate that. I want the Holy Spirit to saturate every part of my body. 
Here's another passage in John chapter 16. The same book John wrote in 14. If you flip down two chapters to chapter 16, verse 13, he says this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will do what? He will guide you into all the truth. Man, I am so thankful the spirit of the living God guides us into truth. And he will not speak of his own, but he will speak only of what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Here's something truthful for you. The spirit of the living God wants to reveal the future to you. Do you hear me? The spirit of the living God wants to reveal the future to you. He wants you to have an understanding. If God the Father was before time and after time and understands that whole spectrum of everything, he can give you an anointing in your life to know when things are going to happen before they happen. He can give you an understanding of what to do when situations around you change. When other people are running around like chicken little, yelling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, you can have a consistent walk with the Lord. You know why? Because he leads you and he guides you and he directs you. That's one of the beauties of having the Holy Spirit in your life. And he says, you know, th- this is the, the power of the, of the word of God in your life. And when you understand that, you understand the qualities and nature of who God is. So what are some of the qualities and natures uh, of El Abet that we want to look at? First, I want to tell you this. You have the ability to be able to follow him because he's a faithful, good leader. He is one that will always direct you. And, and so many times I hear, if I, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me this question, Pastor, what is God's will for my life? It's to follow him. It's to live in surrender for him. It's to walk in authority with him. It's to walk in a relationship with him. It's not to be confused. Confusion is never from the Lord. Let me tell you that. Confusion is never from the Lord. The Lord gives us understanding. and gives us wisdom and gives us clarity. But one of the things God wants to do is he wants to lead you and guide you. Look what it says in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 16. It says, And whoever invokes a blessing in the land will do so by the one true God. The word there, the Hebrew word, is el emet. So if you evoke a blessing, you do it in the name of the truthful God. And whoever takes an oath in the land will swear by the true God, another reference to el emet in the Hebrew language, for the past troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my eyes. Here is something amazing. God loves his children. You know that? That's what this passage is about. It's about him wanting to bless you. And literally, the Hebrew word there that is translated, I think it's a, there could be a better translation of it. It's not just blessing, but it's abundant blessing. You know? It's kind of like the difference between a parent and a grandparent. Right? What's the difference between a parent and a grandparent? A parent gives their kids a child a birthday gift. A grandparent goes overboard. All right? Why? Because they realize, hey... I'm not the parent. I don't have the responsibilities. When my grandkids want something sweet, their mother portions out a serving size for them. When I scoop ice cream, I keep asking them, do you want more? Do you want more? Do you want more? See, I'm giving them more than enough. They're not just getting enough. They're getting more than enough. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to abundantly bless you. And here's a word from this. I don't know who this is for, but here's a word from you. You've got to stop speaking curses over your life. Stop speaking curses over your life on the things that you did in the past that you're ashamed of. 
Quit living under the condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You need to have Elamet come in and bless you and bless what your life has been and allow his abundant blessing to fall on you. I don't know who that word's for, but that's for you. You need to embrace that deep in your spirit because the spirit of God stirred me last, last evening when I was going over this the final time. He says, you know what? There's a word in this passage, Isaiah 65, 16, for your church, for the people who are going to watch you tomorrow, that they need to stop living under the condemnation of the past and start living under the blessing of Elamet, start living under the blessing of the truthful God who wants to bless them and, and provide for them. A second thing that Elamet does is, and I love this, he is a God of reliability and trustworthiness. You can trust the Lord. You know, I've, I've trusted a lot of people in my life. I trusted a financial advisor when we were professors in the university to put all of our retirement into an account that this person said was a really good thing. And you know how much of that money I have left? Zippo. Because they didn't do a very good job managing and I didn't have an understanding of finances like I do now that I had back, that, that I do now when I was living back then. And I lost everything. I've had relationship issues with people where I've trusted them and they've taken advantage of me. I've had relationships with, 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 with family members that have taken advantage of me. You know? And one of the things that I could, I could tell you is that God will never take advantage of you. He will always empower you if you allow him to. Look what it says in the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. He... he Uh, Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And the inference there is no. God always, when he makes a promise, acts upon it. God always, when he he, he gives you a promise, he's going to fulfill it. One of the things that so many times people don't understand, and if you go back to Psalm 31, verse 5 that we read, he is a faithful God. He will deliver us. That's what the psalmist said. He says he will deliver us. He will always be faithful and true. And one of the things I love about Scripture is it talks about how great the faithfulness of God is. Read the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 23. Lamentations 3, 23 says, Great is thy faithfulness, and it's new every morning. Every single day you get up. It's not like, you know, oh, the faithfulness of God yesterday is gone. No, every single day he's going to be faithful to you. And it's going to be new every morning. That's why it's so important for you and I to be in the Word of God. So as we're in the Word of God, one of the things we do is we learn the the faithfulness of who God is. Another thing, Elamet, the source of his name is, is that he has the ability to refresh you. I love this. I love the fact that the truthful God will speak refreshing to your life when you need it. You know, so many times you're in relationships, I don't know about you, but sometimes you get into a relationship and they're like the giant straw. You know what I mean? They stick in you and they go, and they suck all the life out of you. You know, anyone have relationships like that? Don't raise your hand, okay? But if you have relationships like that where they're just eternal draws on you, you need to refresh yourself in the Lord. Look what the book of Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, 6, and 7 says. And the one seated on the throne said, behold, I will make all things new. Then he said, write, these, write this down. This is really important for you. You know, I, I got a, a message from someone that I, I sent a link to to watch our service. And, and even before Pastor Lynn got done this morning, she says, I got a page and a half of notes I'm taking. 
It's really important for you to write down when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. One of my mentors used to say, the faintest of ink is better than the sharpest of memory. And I didn't appreciate that when I was in my 20s and 30s, but I do now that I'm 60. I appreciate the fact that I could write things down and I could remember it. If I could just remember where I put it, that would be a better thing. So I usually write it down on my phone, my notes on my phone, and then sync that to my laptop so I know where it's at, right? But look at what it says. It says, write this down, for these words are faithful and true. And he told me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, listen to this. Are you thirsty this morning? Are you thirst for something from the Lord? I will give freely to them from the springs of water of life. Have you ever gone to a spring, an artesian well, where you get down in the springs there and you put your face down and the water just gushes up? It's like old faithful. You know, you just get in there and it just, it inundates you. Look what he says in verse 7. The one who overcomes will inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son or my daughter. He will be faithful to you if you allow him to. Another thing that Elamet does, and I love this, he keeps every promise he's made to you. Do you know that? I make promises to my wife. Honey, you are such a good job today. You did such a good job preaching today. When we get home, I'm going to massage your feet, right? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I break my promise, just like sometimes she breaks her promise. Peep, never, never. (laughs) They can't hear you. You're not on a mic, all right? We break promises all the time, right? Oh, I'm going to do something, and oh, it slipped my mind, or you just didn't want to do it. You use that as an excuse. God never slips up and forgets things. He is always faithful. Every promise of the, the God that loves you and cares for you and died for you and gave his son for you. Every promise he's given, everything he's spoken is going to come to pass. Look what it says in, in the book of Numbers, chapter 29, verse, or 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, 19. God is not human that he should lie. Yeah. Right? We just read that. Right. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he not speak and then not act? Does he not promise and not fulfill? And it's a, it's a rhetorical question. He's asking... Does God do this and not follow through? But look, you know, you say, well, you've, you've read that passage once. Well, let's listen to what the psalmist says. Look what Psalm 97 verse 10 says. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hands of the wicked. Do you know God guards your life and will deliver you from the hands of wicked? You know why? Because he's faithful. Every, every promise he's made is there for you. And, and, and another quality of Elamet is that he will always lead you into truth. Now, this is a challenge because we live in a culture that, as I said earlier, truth changes regularly. But God is always truthful. The psalmist says it this way in Psalm 31. He says, uh, I, I, for you are my rock and my fortress. Lead me and guide me for the sake of your name. You free me from the net laid out for me. Do you know that God will always free you from the snare and the trap that people put in front of you? He will always let you walk in in, in the freedom. You know why? Because he's your refuge, and into your hand you can commit your spirit. You know why? Because he's always going to be there for you. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, writing writing in Titus chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3, says this. He says, Paul, a servant of God and the apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Listen to what he says. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, and which now is the appointed season. Listen, God promised this to you before the beginning of time, 
Now is the appointed season that he brought it to pass, and he brought it to light through the preaching entrusted to me and commands that were given through my God and Savior. Let me tell you something. God's truth was set up for you before time began. All you've got to do is ask for the wisdom and understanding of knowing how to walk in that. And when you walk in that, one of the things that is amazing is he, he, he covers you from the deception of people. You know, one of the things I love about the Lord is I always ask the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom in this situation. When we, when we, when we bought our home, we did this. When we bought vehicles, we did this. When I buy anything, I say, Lord, give me the wisdom to, to know what is the best thing I could do. I don't know the beginning of the end of time. Yeah. You know? I don't. I, I'm forgetful. You're forgetful. We, we forget all these things. But God understands all of that. And if you lack wisdom, ask of God. Yes. He will give that to you. He will bless you if you allow him to. He will give you the understanding. Yes. You know, one of the things I love about Scripture is that Scripture repeatedly lets you know the faithfulness of our God. You know, the, the, the passage in the New Testament that we quote quite a bit around here is in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And it says this, and no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen or the amet is spoken to us for the glory of God. You see, one of the qualities of el amet is that he's always faithful to you and I. And what I want to do is I want to close service this morning by just uh, reading a, a, a blessing over you. Worship team, if you want to come up. But I want to read this blessing because I want you to walk in the favor and blessing of the Almighty. I want you to walk in the faithfulness and goodness of God. I want you to have an understanding of the quality and characteristic of God that is, is, is uh, derived in this name, El Emet, the God of truth. Because one of the things that God wants you to do is he wants you to be people of truth, to walk in the truth, because what happens when you're walking in the truth? You're set free. You're set free from all of these things, all these bondages, all these oppressions, all these addictions, all these fears, all these worries. Everything that you trust him to give you and you place into his hands, he will be faithful to deliver you. So I want you just to stand wherever you're at or open your hands, just whatever you do to receive from the Lord. But Lord, I just put and pronounce and invoke the name of Element over your sons and daughters. I, I ask that the God of truth, the faithful God, will be upon them. I speak to them, Lord, to their households, that you will be a firm foundation to build your house upon, that their family, you'll be able to build their family upon, they'll be able to build their business upon, they'll be able to build their dreams upon. And I declare over you that he will support you and he will confirm his promises to you. And I speak the blessings of Elamet, the faithful God that will be with you. And for you to know that he will not let you falter, but he will uphold you in these uncertain times. I release El Emet to nourish, to feed, to provide, and to sustain you. And I ask the Holy Spirit to give you supernatural assurance that El Emet will be a blessing to you as you come in and as you go out of this season. Amen. May it be so. Lord, we just thank you for this this morning. I pray that right now, God... Your sons and daughters scattered all around the globe will know the power and the truth of the name El Emet, the God of truth. And I pray, Lord, the anointing of your Holy Spirit will take the words that I've spoken, Lord, and will massage them deep into our hearts, Lord, 
that we would not sin against you. I pray that, God, we would trust you. We would put our hope in you. We would know that, God, you are our rock that we can build upon because we know that, Lord, you are the rock eternal. You are the faithful, true God. You love your sons and daughters so passionately. And, Lord, we just commit ourselves to you now. In Jesus' beautiful name we ask. Amen. Amen. You know what? You have a faithful God. You have a God who is a God of truth, and he is true to his promise. Just like this song says, you who hold the stars and call each one by name. I want to tell you, you know how many stars are out there? Ten times the amount of one grain of sand on the earth. So if you take every grain of sand on the whole earth and multiply it by ten, that's how many stars he has out there. And... He knows them by name. He, let me just tell you this. He does not forget his promise. If he knows the stars by name, he doesn't forget his promise for you. He knows your name. He knows all of the promises that he has given to you. All of the promises, 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises are yes in Christ. And to that we say, amen. Let it be so. We have agreement. The Lord is truthful. He has given you promise and he will be faithful to that promise. I like what Pastor David said today. He quoted Numbers 23, 19. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good and fulfill it? Yes, he will, because I am the God of truth. I do not lie. You know what? Hold to this word today. Hold to this word today. He knows you. He knows the promise. He will bring it to fulfillment because he is the God who is faithful and true. Faithful and true. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you bring to pass that which you have spoken. We thank you, Lord, that you know us by name. You know our days from the beginning to the end. You know every moment. You know every thought. You know every experience. You know our circumstances. And you care and you love and your Holy Spirit is with us. The Spirit of truth is with us. Lord, may we receive this word today. May we go through our days remembering, allowing the word of truth to be implanted in us. And Lord, as the word of truth is implanted in us, Lord, may the words of lies that the enemy has tried to sow into us, that the world has tried to sow into us, may those lies be uprooted and thrown away. Because the spirit of truth identifies lies and deceptions and says, that's got to go. That lie in you that you've been believing, it's got to go. That deception, it's got to go. Because the spirit of truth is here. Lord, we receive your word and we thank you. We thank you for your word because your word has set us free in your name. Amen. God bless you. You have a great week. Walking in freedom, walking in courage, walking in power, 
Walk it in truth. Don't let that spirit of fear try to captivate you. You just know that you can trust the Lord. Just trust the Lord. When you feel that spirit of fear coming on you, you know what? May that alert you to trust him. Because the Lord says, I am with you. God bless you.